You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Oh, that music that just picks you up. Right in your soul. Therapy session number four, Carlos says. Nope, not today. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Welcome to the DMVR Nuggets podcast. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, there we go. There we go. <laughs> it's hump day. It's hump day, I guess. Well, I'll give you guys a little bit of a pass. Uh, we're presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR whenever you sign up. Gamble along with us. I'm joined by the man with the wind behind his hat and the beard. What are we doing for the wedding here, Harrison? Are we doing beard? Are we doing no beard? What are we go? Where are we going? Oh, we're going clean shaven, of course. I've got oh. a haircut scheduled for tomorrow. Oh, so it's coming down to it, man. It's coming down Ooh. to it. Final preparations are undergoing. Do we know if the paparazzi is key, already clued in? Do we know if there will be wedding photos coming out that are unsanctioned, anything of that nature? I guess we don't know. We have to wait. Unsanctioned photos? What do you mean? Like, is nobody else allowed to take a photo except for the photographer? No, just like guys popping out of bushes to get the, oh, the shot. Like, <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to be on the lookout, though. You know, paparazzi can't, can't creep up on no, me when, when I least expect it. You so. got to make, you got to own. Know. Yeah, you got to own your own story. The Kardashians, if, if they've taught me one thing and they've taught me nothing they actually it's that you have to make sure that you own your own narrative if you guys know though it's bold move getting the haircut tomorrow i think day three or four is the top Uh, haircut day you get it cut and then it's like three days later is where you peak you're cutting it a little close here so i don't know well i mean i'm getting the haircut tomorrow wedding's not till sunday so under your line of thinking that should be perfect you're actually what? right. That's perfect, man. You planned this. Yeah. Man, Harrison, no stone left unturned in reporting <laughs> or wedding planning. Both always prepared. Yeah. Uh, down below, the giggler in full giggling effect. D-line, but you guys know him better as Eric Weedham. That's right, guys. Listen, I've cried my tears. I've said my piece. I'm back. Um, the page is turned. My heart is hurt, but I'm ready to be hurt again. Uh, I'm ready to talk about some draft prospects for... <laughs> Uh, that that Tim Connolly will steal from us right before we draft him. <laughs> it, it is a it is a sneaky storyline to the draft. The Timberwolves yes. are picking nineteenth. Yes, right? and we have twenty first. Yes, it's it's a sneaky sneaky storyline. We're gonna get OG Ananobi by Tim Connolly. Oh my god! If if Tim Connolly fleeces the Nuggets in this like. I know where they're most vulnerable. They have to make this move. We're going to really hold them over the, over the coals. <laughs> ah! Oh, <laughs> my God. 
Uh, Tim Conley also just giving Chris Finch like they have the best gameplay. They beat the Nuggets by 40 points every game. They like, already they did this year. They did this <laughs> yeah. year. The Timberwolves beat they the hell out of the Nuggets. their this game year. plan. <laughs> we're not talking about Tim Conley, guys. We are talking about later on in the show, we're going to do a scanning report on Dalen Horton. Talk, no, wait. Dalen Perry. <laughs> Uh, we're going to do a scouting report out of him out of Arizona. Excited for that and our continued coverage on the NBA draft as we get ready for the draft. We're also going to talk about All-NBA. That should be a fun one. Uh, those teams were announced. Spoiler alert, Jokic came first team All-NBA again. Sorry, Joel Embiid. Sorry, Drew Hanlon. Sorry, Philadelphia City Council or whatever it is. Um, Jokic is king still. And then, But to start, we're going to go to our top story. Headlines, headlines from around the association, and we start. Eric, Ooh. I'll throw to you. Does the NBA absolutely <laughs> suck? And oh, are the wow. playoffs an unbearable and unwatchable mess of terrible blowout games and just hasn't been the same since the Nuggets have been eliminated? Well, in a word, yes. Um, the Nugget, the the NBA playoffs are an absolute disaster. Uh, I don't really understand. So George Carl will, anytime you bring up the bubble run to him, I notice he'll always be like, Adam, Adam. Oh, I the, know. the opposing fans. I it love, I love anything. George. He's a hater, man. I love George, but he's a full on hater. My proposal is that we put every NBA. Uh, playoffs in the bubble from this point forward those are amazing games every game was great in the fucking bubble every game outside of the bubble has been unwatchable and terrible the home team just has like an unbelievably huge uh advantage that apparently i, I like i don't the, the warriors that, that are the best the, 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 uh, there's so much fuck around in these playoffs like the warriors just yeah. they don't care they're like whatever they don't the care they're like we're gonna they're like we'll just win it at home it doesn't matter um I've been watching the playoffs through the lens of somebody who lives in Serbia and the thought of waking up at 3 a.m. to watch these games is so <laughs> unsettling and just so unjust. It like makes me crazy to even try to imagine. I, I don't even know what we're doing anymore. Like what, like what, what happened to uh, the competitive balance that we were all so excited about before? I mean, I guess so it's still true. there, but like what happened to the consistent effort, I think is maybe the, uh, the real through line here. I don't get what's going on. I don't like it. This happens in the NCAA tournament sometimes where like a, a number two seed gets knocked out in the first round and you're like, hell yeah, that was awesome. And then like the next game, uh, Texas Prairie or whatever is like gets murdered by the, you know, you're like, hey, why was I so excited that they, yeah, you're, like, you're like, oh, yeah. it's a Cinderella story. You're like, oh, Cinderella got murdered uh, in the next, <laughs> that was I, awful. I will say though, Harrison, here's what I appreciate about D-Line. He knows that when you have to like rebut when somebody tries to discount you and say, oh, it was a bubble run, it doesn't count. You can't just say, yes, it does. You have to swing harder. You have to overswing and say, actually, it was the best basketball in the world. <laughs> it I was. It. it really was, though. Like, looking back, like, that entire run was just nothing but incredible basketball. We saw some of the greatest performances we'll ever see. We saw, uh, like, two what three one comebacks we right. saw i mean sp specifically from the nuggets but all through all around like all yeah. of the games were great i i don't know uh, there's something about this fa this fan business it's ruining basketball like, let's get the fans <laughs> out of there. that's a problem yeah well depending on where you your team landed after the bubble and played in the bubble it's either the most incredible basketball under the <laughs> toughest circumstances and or mickey you know, mouse <laughs> yeah or it was just fake like, it's just 100% fake. But, no, the playoffs have, have kind of sucked ever since the first round ended, for sure. I mean, all, most of these games are blowouts, it feels like. 
Uh, some of them are, are on the verge of, of being blowouts, like last night. Warriors, Mavs, it that was, was a blowout blow until, you know, the last minute. But it, it, it hid what was another blowout. Um, the Eastern Conference, just don't even get me started on the Eastern Conference. <laughs> I don't watch the Eastern Conference anyways. And, like, no. Boston-Miami just doesn't excite me at all. There's also um, but yeah, injuries. Yeah, the injuries, it, it's a problem for sure. And I I haven't though. seen anybody have a real reason as to why all these blowouts are occurring. Why? Why are they happening? Yeah. I, I Honestly, I think some of this is the three-point era. The Warriors are at the heart of a lot of these blowouts in in every in, in the the second and third rounds. Like they've lost by big margins, or they've been behind and ahead by big margins. So I think the three point variance is a large part of this. Dallas could not miss last night; they were absolutely nope. on fire. And in addition yeah. to the Warriors totally taking the game off, totally. <laughs> like let's get back home. Um, but and then the injuries, and then here's the part that I find the most interesting is. For some reason, that first round, if you remember, it was so spread out, two games off between every or two days off between every game. And now you get here and it's one day off like they're just playing every other day, east and west and east and west. And I do think that injuries and fatigue are obvious. They're so clearly a factor in this, like the more hungry team, like the less hungry team, I should say, like gives 50 percent effort because they're so tired. And it makes me think we added the play in, which I like it's I think it's saved a portion of the regular season. It's made it more interesting. I think it's even made the playoffs a little bit more interesting, to be honest, even though it's not perfect. Now they want to add a mid-season tournament. I know how this works. They don't extend the season. They just condense the season. And this is what's <laughs> going to happen going forward is to win the mm -hmm. NBA championship, you're going to have to win four series in like 18 days. It's just going to be like so condensed. It's going to be awesome. And I honestly think this is a problem. Like the thing that matters more than anything else is your playoffs. You need to make them entertaining. You need to make them honest. You need to make them fair. And I just worry we're getting to a point where it's like, man, these games, there have been seven minutes, guys, seven minutes of clutch time in the last 17 games. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Wow. It is insane. And seven total minutes of clutch time, meaning teams I mean, within five points in the final five minutes. RIP to the, all the guys that are like, oh, basketball, you just got to watch the last 30 seconds. The only part that matters. Joke's on you. Doesn't matter at all. The game has been over for three quarters by that point. <laughs> yeah, so I, I to to your point, Adam. I have no idea why the NBA would suddenly go from yeah some some days in between games we're gonna have like two days off for travel in the first round and now in the conference finals it's any every other day. What would be a reason for that? I, I have no idea. Oh, TV. I think it's TV. Like you in the. In the first round, you can afford to have two or three games on every night, even with that break, because there's you know eight right. series going on. So that's what it is: is they're just spreading out so they don't cannibalize themselves. Whereas now, you can squeeze them in every other day. Perfect, no days right. off. Keep the momentum. Um, but I do look at it and I just go, I love the NBA, but the three point variance. Do is you make? Well, I mean, I I don't love the NBA. I'll say I that. do I don't love it. You like I basketball? Don't. I love the NBA, like. The way you love a thing that's gone awry, you know, I'm like, I, I'm rooting. I want you back. I'm rooting for you. I'm here for you if you need me. I like it like that. You're like my, my I, rabbit I like dog. the NBA. I like the NBA. I definitely don't love it. That's for sure. No, no. I think we all like 
basketball cool. is what we like. Yeah, the basketball is cool. Uh, the NBA is just, uh, I can't, like, there's no bigger regret I have in my life than getting deeply emotionally involved in the NBA of all <laughs> leagues. Like, yeah. th- there's, th- there's, no, there's no league that treats you worse for being interested. Like, if, you, yeah. if there's something you're really, that you really like in the NBA, it means that there is usually an entire city of people that will attack you for that belief. Whereas, right. like, also like in, players, in football, you can, also yeah, like in football, like you the enemy of the team, <laughs> yeah. you like as well. It's like, yeah. wait, hold on, what? Yeah, yeah. Like in, in the NFL, you can be like, oh, I like John Elway, and everyone, like people in San Francisco are like, yeah, he's good. And in the NBA, <laughs> you're like, I like Jokic, and everyone's like, why don't you die? And you're like, I don't know. I guess I will. I guess I'll just die. That's fine. And then half of even the city of Denver is like, is Jokic as good as they say? Like, God damn it, we can't view enjoy anything. Uh, <laughs> But nonetheless, we're not going to sit here and cry. I just I brought it up because I, I I really do look forward to basketball games. I'm I'm over the limit. Like now tonight, Celtics Heat. It's going to suck. It's going to be a terrible game. Can't wait. Um, I know. Well, it's, it's, yeah, because these games these this, these series suck. I mean, it's not yeah. even just that there's too much basketball. There, there's no amount of too much good basketball. Right. But there's right. a lot. There's an easy amount of uh, terrible, uh, uninteresting. I mean, basketball. over under. <laughs> Four games remaining in the year with clutch with clutch time. Oh my god! Four, dude. I'm over. Going under. You think you're I'll over? I'll probably go over. Uh, yeah. I'm going under. I'm going under. Uh, We've probably got were... one more left in us in the East. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, Could this game five, Warriors Mavs be close? It might be close. <laughs> Uh, I tell you what, three it's not... finals games that are close. Yeah, I could it's... see that. I, I, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. I feel uh, like we got to keep it moving. I got to keep yeah. it moving, D-Line. I know you had a great comment. Warriors Nash will not be close. Will not be close. <laughs> there you go. Your prediction. Um, more headlines: The Canadian national team, following in the footsteps of USA Basketball, they have put together a roster that they will pull from for the next three years of competition, which will include the Olympics, I believe, that will include a qualifying tournament this summer. And on the list, none other than Jamal Murray. In fact, some people are saying he headlines the list. Listen to this roster here. Do you have it, Kale? Did we put together a roster? I can't remember. If not, it's fine. I'll just read them off. We got Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Jamal Murray, Dylan Brooks, and Corey Joseph is the wise old veteran. That's Ah. three really good guards. Now, Dylan Brooks, wild card. But, hey, you need a wild card there. SGA and Jamal Murray, guys, honest to God, Best backcourt in an international basketball? Like, I don't know who USA is going to send. That's, I mean, they're going to be maybe at best on par with yeah. those two guys. It definitely is better than the uh, Tiodosic Bogdanovich backcourt. <laughs> <laughs> better than the Camposo and um... Bogdanovich out. Bogdanovich is out. Camposo and. Oh. Campasso and uh, Gabriel Deck backcourt in Argentina. <laughs> um, no, for, dude. That is an incredible backcourt, and if, if we think of like actual best just fits with Jamal oh, Murray, I mean oh. SGA has to be near the top of that list, right? Uh, here we have it. Um, yeah, you can just kind of leave that up, I guess. I'll re- I'll read through it. It's a, it's an incredible backcourt. Like honest to God, Jamal Murray and SGA. SGA is probably the best running mate for Jamal Murray, and maybe vice versa. That's a, a hell of a one. And then Holy if you go, so, that's, so Canada S- Canada has so much talent. It's just been a problem, I think, with uh, just those players like really wanting to play for Team Canada. Like, Correct. look at all this talent that they have. 
they haven't My been God. bought in yet, but maybe this is the turn for them. Andrew Wiggins not present. But here's the thing. So here's the backcourt. Jamal Murray, Shea, and then Dylan Brooks, Corey Juice, Joseph off the bench. Then you go to the wings. R.J. Barrett, Lou Dort, along with O'Shea Brissett out of, for the Pacers, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Like, R.J. Barrett, Lou Dort, okay, that's really good. I like I like this. You've got defense, you got length, you got shooting, you got Jamal and SGA. And then at the center position, a little bit weak here, you got Kelly Olenek, Kem Birch, and Dwight Powell. Um, mm-hmm. So a little bit weak in the front court. But I don't know. I look at that and I go, that's really cool. That's a really cool team, a really wow. interesting one. It's fun. But here's the thing. They start playing this year. Have you heard, Harrison, is Jamal Murray going to participate in any capacity? I, I mean, I'm guessing he hasn't at I, least been ruled out. But I can't imagine he's playing for Team Canada this summer. No so way, right? Insane. He's probably no. out this oh year. God. He's probably out this year. And he also talked about like training camp being where – you know, starting slow in this or that. So my guess is his mind is just not. He's not there. playing in summer league. We know that. We know that for a fact. <laughs> That's that one for him. Yeah, thank you. Uh, no, I, I cannot imagine him playing for Team Canada this summer. Absolutely no way. If he Ooh, plays I do for like Team Canada, Canada I'm gonna lose my mind. No way, man. Do, no way. <laughs> I, I do like this one. Jamal recruiting Lou Dort. Like, oh yeah, we always talk about Team USA and the recruiting yeah. going on. Maybe Team Canada starts to become the recruiting. Zone. Dude, you know what the uh, most the most shocking part of that graphic was for me is I, the, how many players I didn't realize were from Canada. Lou I Dort. know it's true. Yeah, Lou there's Dort. actually quite a few. Kelly Olynyk. I should have known. Dwight Powell makes sense now. I had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> they just seem so. <laughs> Uh, like I, I just think thought they cool. were, you know. the one thing, and then of course we have Jokic who has not neither committed nor nor pulled himself out of, of playing for the Serbian national team this this summer in EuroBasket, which we all know very important to the Serbs. You know, for yeah. me, I always have to keep this in mind. Like if it were me and I was in control of everything, like I just want Jokic to rest and to play for the Nuggets, you know. But I also I know mean, how like... important it is to the Serbs, and I also know that you know, like. From our perspective, there were times where Yoke was really beaten down and, and like played deep into the bubble, and it was weird. And they wanted him to play. And my perspective was like, I don't think it's fair to him, you know, this or that. Now the opposite is sort of the case. Like, hey, he gets a long summer. He gets a long portion here. Like, if ever there was a summer for him to participate, this one does feel a little bit more like it. So um, to me, there's a big part of me that's hoping he does play in large part uh, to appease and, and, and for the Serbian audience. I really hope he plays. Like, yeah, me I think too. It's not only even just for the Serbian uh, audience, but like maybe that makes it so he just stays in shape. Like, maybe, you know, like I haven't seen a lot of workout images of uh, Jokic coming out. I'll say that. So, um, you know, like the idea of like him getting back on a basketball schedule, I actually love. So, um, I also yeah. think, Eric, there's something to playing for different coaches and different teams. Like, you don't get to do that a whole lot at the NBA level unless you change. And I do think it would be kind of cool for him to be in a different role. Yeah. Well, and let's hope. As long as he's not playing power forward. As long or as that's the, or this time around, he's not on the bench. It doesn't matter. Honestly, like, all of this I just think is good for Yoke. So, I mean, we know he will, you know, he'll be the star by the end of it. My last story today for headlines before we take a break. I don't know if you guys saw this headline. Kevin Durant. Apparently not very happy with how they built that roster in Brooklyn. I don't know who who it is that could have done this, that could have leaned on wow. the organization to make them get guys like DeAndre Jordan, who apparently are not up to KD standards. Um, but according to a report, he has not yet talked to the front office since the season ended. No communication, zero communication. Now you're shaking your head here, D-Line, and I'm with you. I'm shaking my head. But here's my thing. Every single year, 
in the NBA. We look at and we go, who are the free agents? Who are the trade targets? Who are the guys? We make a list and we say, that's it. Then out of nowhere, a report comes out and it's like, holy crap, so-and-so is demanding a trade. They're insisting one. Is it possible KD is, the again, the guy? Like, uh, he's once again the guy that's suddenly available out of nowhere. And it's like, wait, what? Kevin Durant is going to flip the balance of power in the NBA yet again? What do you yeah, think, he, really, he, he did it this year. Yeah. I would be pretty shocked if Kevin Durant's not on the Brooklyn Nets. Because, yeah, Brooklyn can just trade Kyrie or, you know, I don't know, maybe trade Ben Simmons, who knows, to appease Kevin Durant. That's definitely the first option here. Um, like, is if Kevin Durant okay? goes to them. Is it? Because here's a real yeah. serious, a serious thing. They brought in Kyrie and KD. By all accounts, a nightmare for everyone involved. Front office, coaching staff. Everybody is, like, there for the money. They hate it. I honestly wonder if there's part of it where, like, that's actually – that is option one. Like, can we get everyone in the room? But if you can't, is there any chance Brooklyn goes, we got swept. We're not getting better. Like, these guys are not culture setters. Like, we can't build a team around them. Is there any chance they're just like, hey, man, mutually, this isn't working out? No, no. There's zero zero percent chance of that, I think. Man, um, I, I don't know. The only, way, I, the only way Kevin Durant leaves is if he goes, I don't care what trade you make. I don't care who you sign and, and whatnot. I am not playing for Brooklyn ever again. Like, if there's just some deep rift between him and the front office, which I don't think there is, or at least that's they not my spoken. read on it. Yeah, maybe Kevin Durant's just been in like Aruba or something. Maybe he hasn't had service. He's in Cancun. Maybe. Yeah. He was, yeah wasn't, he in, wasn't he in Europe watching one of the finals? Like one of the Europe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cell phone reception sucks over there. Um, <laughs> yeah, we could. I, we could most yeah. days we could barely get a hold of vote. So what's the. I mean, like, I, I would be stunned if the Nets like traded him or mutually agreed to part ways with him. I I just think the only way he's not on the roster is if he goes and says, I hate you, Sean Marks. I'm never playing for the Nets again. God damn it. I can't stand this guy. They gave him his coach and everything he asked for. I can't stand talking about these same five assholes every offseason. Like, we need to start. KD now stands for Kardashian Durant. Like, he, the, the, the team that's like, oh, cool, I get to marry a Kardashian. Good work, Chris Humphreys. Let's see how that works out for you. Like, everybody gets burned. Nobody wins. Kevin Durant just goes from place to place, and then we have to talk about him ad nauseum for the rest of time. Um, and he's just never, he's not going to win another title. It's going to be a bunch of wasted effort. It's going to be just like James Harden. I hate these guys that conduct themselves like this in the NBA. They, Her- they Harrison, here's why you're wrong. Ruin though. the NBA. I, I agree with you, Eric, whatever. But here's why I think you're wrong, Harrison. You're Sean Marks. Is your job, do you feel like you have a better chance of being secure if your roster is Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and Kevin Durant next year? Or is it if you have three first-round picks because you traded KD and like you got something else, and now it's like, hey, I've got a four-year plan. We're going to use these picks. Like to me, that's the job security. Like I think Sean Marks. No, I don't know, I don't but think I think so. Sean Marks is like rooting so. for it in, in many ways. I don't think you mutually agree to part ways with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Sure, Ben Simmons. <laughs> see ya. Not Kevin Durant though. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's just something to keep an eye on. There's always a player that comes out of nowhere where it's like, oh, crap, I had no idea they were trying to trade him. And just for like the third out of the fourth year, it might be Kevin Durant once again. It's always Um, Kevin Durant. Let's hit a break. On the other side, we're going to talk all NBA, Yoke making it, of course, but also some of the other names there. 
I wonder, is this a changing of the guards in the NBA? Are we officially turning the page on one era? Maybe. Mm. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win. Get $150 in free bets if they do. If you're looking to turn a small bet into a big day, uh, big payday during the NBA playoffs with DraftKings same game parlays, you can do just that. All customers, not just new customers, all customers can place a same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg does not hit. So make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game. Get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Also at Lightshade Dispensary, you guys can pick up some Escape Artists. It's the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado. Escape Artists, they prioritize quality and consistency. They're founded and formulated by food and pharmaceutical scientists that believe in a brand that should truly exemplify the Colorado lifestyle of a balanced wellness routine. You can find Escape Artists at Colorado's premier dispensary, Lightshade. They've got 11 convenient Denver Metro and Aurora locations, the Barnum location, one block off 6th and Federal, now open as well. You guys can get 25% off by dropping the code DNVR. You get 25% off non-sale items with that code. DNVR, shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Alrighty, back here, segment two. Guys, all NBA has been voted on, signed, sealed, delivered, and announced. And wouldn't you know? Yeah, boy, Nikola Jokic for the third time now. Yeah, boy. A Denver Nuggets franchise record third time is a first team all NBA. Who beat who was Embiid the guy that beat him out the one no, time he was Adam. Adam, Adam, it was Anthony Davis. Oh, it was Anthony Davis no after center. a season where he didn't even play center. That's right. Oh, man. That's it, what's preventing Jokic from four straight first-team All-NBAs. Oh, that's annoying. Throw it back up there, Kale. Throw it back up there. Let's go through the list here. Um, uh, we got Devin Booker, kind of the funniest one on here, to be honest, in my opinion. You got Luka yep. Doncic, Jason Tatum, Giannis, Nikola. To me, three out of four – Actually, I'll go ahead and say it. I think four out of four Stone Cold locks. Devin yep. Booker being the one guy that can take it or leave it. Whatever. I'm not going to get mad about it. What stands out to you, Eric, when you're looking at this this first team? Curry over Booker. Got to be Curry over Booker. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, they got uh, hurt. I know, but Devin Booker is not as good as he is. So, <laughs> uh, I mean, beyond that, you know, the, the first thing you look at, there are three European players here that, on the all NBA uh, list. Yeah. Which, and that's not going to change anytime soon. Like, those three players are going to be the pillars of uh, the NBA moving forward, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah. Harrison, what stands up to you? Uh, about that graphic, why is Jokic the only one who's photographed from the side? That's that's a little curious to me. You're right. Why the hell is he turning away? It's like he's a little away. interesting note. Yeah, not not quite sure there. He also looks like um, kind of like sad and wounded. <laughs> like yeah. like they wouldn't let him in with that. And Giannis, the only one not holding a basketball. There's so much to break down here. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any problem with this All NBA first team. Um, 
like Devin Booker, I think there's a case to be made that he shouldn't be in the MVP conversation, even though like they're one of the top, you know, they were the top team in the West this season. I'm fine with him being on the all NBA team. He had a really good year. Uh, Steph Curry was hurt a little bit. I'm, I'm fine with this list. Um, I mean, the, this kind of shows me like the faces of the league right now. The faces of the league are again. International. I think four of the five are faces of the league, though, man. I really do. I guess Devin Booker really a face of the league right now. No, I'm I'm saying yeah, like he's not. Uh, but the other four are, yeah. and you know, three of them are international guys. I don't even actually think Jason Tatum is a face of the league. I think those three international think, guys yeah. absolutely are though. Um, Jokic, Giannis, and Luka Doncic. Like, those are three absolute power players in the NBA right now. I th- I think Jason Tatum is, and and it really, he was like on he was in the Devin Booker zone. This playoff run to me is kind of like vaulting him up there. Like he's clearly the best player on that team. He's got he's got fifty point playoff potential in him. Like, I, I to me he's he became it. And this is like kind of this first team is the one where next year I think you're going to see him more and more as it. Here's one for you, Eric. Jokic has now made three straight, should be four, but whatever. We'll three or or three out of four. Luka Doncic, is this his third? Is his fourth season and his third straight All NBA? I got to say, man, some of the Luka stuff when you step back big picture and think about it, like he's 23 years old. He's 23, and he's already made three All-NBA teams. Basically, just his rookie season, he wasn't first-team All-NBA. This is a guy that has a chance to rack up a historic number of All-NBA first-team awards just because of how young he came into the league and how great he was right out of the package. He's unbelievable. I mean, like, really, it's funny, too, because, like, now you'll see people be like, whoa, was there ever a better trade than Trey Young and Luka Doncic? Like, they both came out. It's like, no, Luka is so much better than Trey Young. It's insane. Like, this guy is – the things that he's going to accomplish in this league are – it's like, I mean, it's he and LeBron James, right? I mean, those are, like, the only two guys that I can really think that we'd even have – a conversation to have like the, the same type of of game too um similar but yeah i just mean like powerful uh big also powerful big can get their shot can shoot can also distribute can, i mean can kind of do it do it all like luca much less much less athletic but you get that uh the comp that he always gets it like completely makes sense man like this guy is this guy's yeah. the limit for this dude if i pull it back up here who on this list is least likely to be on first team all nba next year I think it's clearly Devin Booker. Devin Booker. I think it's like easily. Clearly. Right, I mean, the Suns, the Suns right now are probably the team you look at as most likely to take a step back. Oh, I mean, if Devin Booker the had the exact season. same season that he had, but he had the Nuggets' as bench, they're probably a four or five seed, and like nobody's even talking yeah. about him on third team All NBA. But okay, so if we do this now, Eric, who's the second most likely guy to not be on first team next year? Probably Jason Tatum. I agree. It's gotta I, be. Agree. I mean, th- those other three guys are just like absolute locks. Like the, the Tatum and Booker are the only guys you can be like, well, there are other guys in their position that could be you could make an argument for, like Steph Curry, like but Jimmy Butler uh, could be a, a conversation right. here somewhere. Like, th- there's just the, the guards, uh, just in general. Like, there's such a there's just like so many that are like kind of on the same level. Like the the big men yeah. in this league are are running it this like now, and so and there's just like a few guys that are the guys. Um, so. Yeah, Dude, this this is a great comment here. How different Jokic and Luka's paths were to the NBA, and you can even throw Giannis into this also. 
like Luca was the the golden child, you know, the guy who was a star since he was 14. Everybody knew he was going to be really good. He's killed all expectations. Giannis was kind of like the unknown, but he, I mean, he was a lottery pick, you know, like he he was identified. He everybody thought he could be good, and then Yoke is the, was the ultimate unknown, second round pick coming off the bench, and then now they're all three faces of the league. Yeah, I what the other thing that stands out to me that's so cool about this one is let's look at the ages here. Devin Booker, twenty five. Luka Doncic, twenty three. Jason Tatum, twenty four. Giannis and Jokic, both twenty seven. Twenty seven years old and the oldest member of first team All NBA. I'm telling you guys, I think this is this year, twenty twenty two, is a line of demarcation, changing of the guard. Now that does not mean that LeBron James can't still win a title or do this or that. I'm just saying that now when we talk about who who is growing into the faces of the league, who's growing into the top guys in the league, it is this next generation. And if we go to second team now, let's take a look at it. I'm just going to pull them up, Kale. It's fine. Uh, Steph Curry and DeMar DeRozan, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, Ja Morant. So Ja Morant out of place, right? Like Ja Morant's the young guy in this group. But Steph... You know, we're talking about Steph Curry, 34, DeRozan, 32, Durant, 33, and even Embiid, 28. I know it's not quite, you know, he's more in the Giannis Jokic tier uh, era. But these guys are more in the, like, now era, I guess you would say. You know, Steph Curry still now, Kevin Durant still now, um, Embiid now. And then you go to third team, and let's take a look at this. You got the young guys like Trey Young, Carl Anthony Towns, Pascal Siakam, but then you got Chris Paul, LeBron, to me, LeBron, Chris Paul are the old guard that has officially gone to the old guard. Like they now they could win, but it's just it's not their league anymore for the for the first time. I I know it sounds silly, but there are these moments where it just kind of changes like that. And I think this year was one of those moments where it's like it is officially Giannis's league and Luca's league and Jokic's league and still Steph Curry's league and KD like those guys too. But those old heads, I think they finally pushed over the hill to where I don't think you give LeBron any team now and win. And I don't think that the league needs to handle him that way at all as well. All right. Yeah. I mean, hundred, hundred percent agree. Um, this, this is the, the Jokic's and Giannis's and, and Luca's league. That's what everybody needs to recognize. And like, that's where our energy needs to be. Our energy does not need to be on how to retool the Lakers for next season. Nobody wants to hear about that. Nobody, Nobody cares. cares. Um, there's only like a few members of the media aristocracy that keep peddling the, those talking points. It, it's just not relevant to the general NBA conversation. The general NBA conversation should be about Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Nikola Jokic. Yeah, the conversation. I see. Now LeBron will turn up again next year. Like I fully expect it, assuming that the Lakers build a good team around him. Like he's just no longer good enough to to solve all of the flaws, especially in a regular season. Like he's too old. This is the one of the things we're learning. <laughs> so Chad Andrews, my buddy, texts me, and he's the one that pointed this out. He said something like twenty-seven is the oldest guy on first team All NBA. I said, yeah. About thirty, you stop caring about the regular season, and by thirty-eight, you definitely stop caring <laughs> about the regular season. That's the problem with the NBA. So I'm with you with LeBron in terms of upside, and I think he's going to have big moments in the TNT game. He's going to do this or that. I'm not with you on the like first team All NBA because that would require him to play 70 plus games or something like that. And I only see him doing that if the Lakers have a roster worthy of him put you know trying to go for the one seed because they're so good. And I just don't see it. Like maybe they surprise all of us, but I don't see it. I think they're going to struggle a little bit next year, and he's going 
he should, as Chris Paul should, pick his spots to rest next year because they are just too old to go 82 games plus an entire playoff run. Um, Do you think Nikola uh, Jokic can program his brain to not care about the regular season? Like, I don't even know what that would look like. It, it would look so weird because he's just he's just programmed to go out there and just try to win every single game. But he's still 27. Like, I, I still I think the mileage starts to add up around this age, but I don't think it affects you quite just yet. At 38, there's no question it does. Like, it's just, sure. I'm sorry. I'm 38. I know what that's like. It's very exhausting. Um, let's take a look here at the voting breakdown. Giannis, 100% of the vote. I believe this is the fourth time he has gotten 100 first place votes, which is like a, a record, I believe, or, or somewhere around the record. He's so definitive, so dominant. Jokic, 88% of the vote. How about that? I love this. Wasn't close, Eric. Isn't this what you always say? Like, we always act like, oh, man, controversial. Not was close. Not close. Not close. I would just wish that he had been put over Luka. They got the same amount. Like, why is Jokic appears third in this when uh, they have the same? I mean, he's the MVP. I mean, come on. <laughs> is, it, is it alphabetical, Doncic, maybe? I don't care. I don't care. It, it doesn't matter to me. So you're, you're upset that Yoke didn't get one more vote. Or just that he just, from a you know secretarial standpoint, wasn't just listed above Luka Doncic. So, he, I mean, uh, it's just disrespect. It, we just never get the respect. <laughs> it is interesting that Devin Booker, though, outperformed Jason Tatum here. That's a, a little bit surprising. Um, yeah, lot, it, people just want to give the sun some shine. I, I kind of get it. Yeah. Um, were you surprised at all that Carl Anthony Towns came in third for center, Harrison? Um, no, because there, there's just such fatigue with Rudy Gobert and and just talking about his value and if he's good or not and right, if he's yeah. an overrated defender or not. I feel like people just had enough of it, even though yeah. I think Rudy Gobert is probably a better player than Carl Towns. Yeah. Um, the Timberwolves also were kind of the sexy story for a lot of this season and the jazz have totally just, we've been there, done that with them. Like we're, we're tired of the jazz. We're intrigued by the Timberwolves. So, um, I'm not surprised that he, he got their team though. All right. The last thing here, the last thing here, Harrison, are you, is this public information? We finally found out the two people who voted Jokic fourth. Yeah, I actually found it out. Yeah, are, are we? Are we? This is the doxing corner Let's of. Dox uh, him. <laughs> Go ahead and dox. What a hole had yeah. him fourth in MVP voted. There's honestly, it's like unacceptable. But I want to hear who it is. It is public. You can go on. I think NBA.com official and find it. Michael Wilbon Ugh. and Dwayne Rankin, who covers the Suns. Oh my God. Uh, and I think the, both of them had Devin Booker either second or third was the reason why they had Jokic fourth. Did he lives in, he's, does Wilpon live in Phoenix? Like he's always featured with a Phoenix background during uh, part of the interruption or whatever. I don't know. He's a Chicago guy. I don't know where I know, he lives but he's, now. He's always featured in Phoenix. Hmm, maybe. So I, maybe he does. Terrible. I don't know. Will Bond's funny, man. Like he is a classic tradition legacy journalism guy. Like a lot of his takes are the like the takes we used to talk about 20 years ago. You know, like I just if the game's on the line and you need a bucket, who do you want shooting? Andre Iguodala. Like, yeah, yeah. You're like, wait, what? That's how you voted for, for for MVP? Like, god damn it! All right, whatever. Um, so anyway, there we have it. The two, the haters. One more reason, Eric. 
I will say one positive thing to come out of this. One more reason to hate CHGO and PHNX. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I didn't, I don't want those reasons. I, I drive yeah, we do. Come on. Screw those guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hit a break. On the other side of this break, we're going to get into Dalen Terry. Dalen Terry on the other side. Harrison has a full scouting report. We'll get to him. Dalen Terry, can't wait. Guys, make sure to pick up some Breckenridge Brew for this Avs playoff run. Nuggets aren't playing anymore, of course, but we still got the Avs just barreling down on a Stanley Cup. I feel like it's just destiny at this point. Um, but pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager while you're watching the Avs. Maybe you're still watching the NBA playoffs, even though it's a bad product. Uh, pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager from your local liquor store, your local grocery store. That Mile High City Copper Lager can is that Nuggets blue with the Nuggets logo on it. Can't miss it. If you're not in Denver, don't know where to pick up Breck Brew, check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator on breckbrew.com. It's going to tell you where to get Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR closest to you. So pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager. Make sure you're drinking that during the NHL and NBA playoffs. If you're in the area, stop into the DNVR bar. There's only one better place to watch an Avs game than at the DNVR bar. That's Ball Arena. But other than that, stop in for Avs game. Stop in to have some Breckenridge Brewery as well. We back? Eric, oh my God, you've transported through space and time. Yeah, that's right, guys. I, uh, I've transported through space and time to a, a distant land I call Downstairs, where they're not filming the Rockies show. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, Harrison, take the wheel. So, yeah, we're talking about Dale and Terry on uh, today's show for, for this prospect today. Um, Dale and Terry interesting player uh here's kind of the the nuts and bolts on him 19 years old guard wing forward he's kind of a swiss army knife type guy sophomore out of arizona currently projected as a second rounder has a terrible nickname though his nickname is mr do everything gonna have to workshop that for sure i don't get um, it you like mr reliable i muted you eric there you go you like mr reliable or dependable but you don't mr. like mr dependable do Mr. Driver, it's just too many words. It's like you have to hyphenate it. Yeah. It's just three words. It doesn't roll off call the tongue it. the same way as Mr. Dependable. We should just call him uh, Do It All. We just make it one word. Do It All. All right. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I kind of like Mr. Do Everything. I, I don't know. There's something about it. It's very okay. 80s sounding. Sounds like an 80s <laughs> rest word. <laughs> kind of is. Uh, I do kind of like putting Mr. Everything. in front of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of our thing. Uh, Mr. Do Everything. He's a projected second rounder. So, you know, the two guys we've talked about this week, uh, Jalen Williams and Tari Eason, definite first rounders. Dale and Terry's a second rounder. He could still go back to school if he doesn't have the interest he wants in the draft. But uh, here are his measurables. Six foot seven in shoes with a seven one wingspan, 195 pounds. He pretty much has the same kind of measurables as Andrew Wiggins. That's his physical comp eight foot 10 standing reach. It's a pretty high standing reach for a guy. Six, seven. He reached higher than Zeke Naji did at the combine two years ago. Uh, so that kind of shows oh, you wow. a six, seven, he can still reach super, super high with that seven, one wingspan. Um, seems like a really good athlete, although he did not do the vertical test at the combine. So that kind of raises some eyebrows, but, um, 
He's an interesting player, high-level athlete, really good defender. My kind of takeaways from watching his his highlights in his film, kind of a weird runner. I don't know if you guys saw this as <laughs> I love well. this insight. Kind, kind of quirky. Sometimes it seems like he's going to fall over. Um, like real herky-jerky style of, of play and just kind of running. Also very yeah, high yep. hips, long legs. That's a, an important <laughs> note. Yeah. I love these details. Say, you know I appreciate them. Can Are we at a place where I can chime in or no? Yes, go, go ahead. For it. I, I uh, yes, I scouted this gentleman. I watched film. I saw upwards of two uh, highlight packages on him. And what I was left with is that he has terrible body control. Like what you're yeah. kind of saying, he like, he lumbers, like his feet seem really heavy to him. Like he, um, he was doing some things that I thought were impressive. Like he's got length. Uh, at times he looked to me like a little bit like Will Barton, um, but maybe less explosive, just sort of like in his mannerisms and uh, the way that he would uh, like react after passing the ball and shooting it. Um, I, 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 I'm not that excited about this guy, if I'm being honest. Like he, I see, and I talked to um, Michael uh, from uh, PHNX Wildcats, Mike Luke, who does all of the the coverage for the the Arizona Wildcats there, and does a great job. Um, and he 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 likes him quite a bit. He thinks that he is about two or three years away from actually being ready. He thinks that he has an NBA body currently, but the things that we're you know we were kind of talking or you've been talking about, like his shot is pretty unpredictable, um, and he is like kind of out of control. But he does he he stands by absolutely. I, I don't know if this is just we can count on any person that covers a person we're going to talk about to talk about what a great guy they are and how they're a, a mm -hmm. team player and a winner. Um, but he, he stands behind the idea that this kid's a winner and he's absolutely somebody you can win with. Uh, but I, it, I will say watching him, I was like, I, I don't know. This doesn't feel like the right kind of dude for us. Like just that it's that body control for me. Hmm. All right, Harrison. Uh, yeah, a couple other notes on his appearance uh, since we're in male form corner. Very short shorts. Uh, that, that's an important <laughs> note. Here. I'm back in. Let's get it. First did, round. Did you notice that on the tape as well, D-line? Short shorts? To be honest, like I didn't notice anything on the tape but that. Everything else I just said I oh, made okay. up. I didn't see any. I was just checking out those short, short shorts. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Here's some more stuff on Dale and Terry. His stats last season – they don't really jump off the page because he was a role player on a really good Arizona team. He spent two years at Arizona. It was his sophomore season last year. Only averaged eight points, five rebounds, four assists per game, 1.2 steals as well. Played 27.8 minutes. So he played a bunch, but he's really like he was a quintessential role player in college. And I actually think that's one of his strengths. Like he has high role player potential doesn't project as a star, wasn't in college. I don't think he'll be in that in the NBA, but he played as a role player in college, really embraced his role, played a bunch of different positions, played some point guard. Like I said, he's kind of a Swiss army knife. Um, only attempted six shots per game last year at Arizona. He was the fifth leading scorer on his team. So I just think he's got some high role player potential. Uh, his other strengths, really versatile defender, like D-Line was saying, he's got to get stronger. He's super skinny right now, only weighs 195 pounds. He's got to get stronger, but 
Great size, great length, really good athleticism. He fits today's game just from a switchable defensive standpoint. He should be able to guard, you know, at least three, four positions probably. Uh, he also has a really high motor, plays hard all the time, should be good in transition as well. And then my other strength about him, pretty good passer. He, he loves to throw these backdoor passes. It seems like he has pretty good vision. He was second on his team in assists this season at Arizona. Like he had some really big assist games. He had 13 points, 11 rebounds, eight assists against Washington earlier this year, seven assists for his UCLA. He had seven assists three more times as well. Also a pretty aggressive rebounder, but he's a role player who definitely seems like he's going to be a jack of all trades and kind of like a Swiss army knife where you can play all over the floor. So let me ask this one. Cause I actually, I, I only watched a little bit of tape on him before the show. He kind of reminded me of PJ Dozier, both physically and also some of the stuff he does. Like I almost see him more of that, you know, the thing about PJ Dozier is he's really long, but he, it, and he's skinny, but not scrawny. Like PJ Dozier kind of had a more like muscle in his lower body, skinny waist, and then like long arms. So his weight wasn't super high, but, but he wasn't like he was a skinny guy. Yeah, no, I could see some PJ Dozier as well. And PJ Dozier also played a bunch of different positions. PJ Dozier came up as a point guard, but in the NBA has been more of a two, three. I, I think Dale and Terry is going to be a similar type of guy that you can play at a couple different positions. He could bring the ball up. He can defend point guards. He could defend wings ideally. So I, I, I think he's definitely a complimentary guy that can play a bunch of different roles. Yeah, and here we have some graphics on him. So you want to go over some strengths and weaknesses here? Yeah, well, I, I think something really unique about him, you could probably leave that up, high role player potential. Like he's not going to try to be a star. That could be something that's really good for the Nuggets and, and something that attracts them to Dale and Terry. You know, he, he's not going to try to be a number one, number two, probably even number three type guy. Um, but the defense is what gets you really excited for sure. Super long arms, like I was saying. He's got a seven foot one wingspan, eight foot ten standing reach. He should be good on ball as a defender. He should be good off ball as well. Uh, and then he's got a high motor too. Like he just plays really hard and just kind of, you get the feeling that he's just a grinder and, and really likes the game willing to do whatever Arizona needed him to do to win last season. And, mm. and I think if you're an NBA team and you're looking for, you know, a role player, that's a defender. I, I think you would really like hearing that. I also kind of like the idea of a player who hasn't become who they are just quite yet has the talent to kind of break yeah. a lot of different directions. Cause you can mold them perhaps a little bit more into the player you want. So interesting. Yeah. And then the weaknesses D line, this is right up your alley, not a proven shooter. At all. <laughs> we don't really know if he can shoot. Uh, he shot 36 and a half percent from three last year. Um, he's been, uh, you know, in the sixties and seventies as a free throw shooter in his two years in college that doesn't really get you too hopeful about his shot and just watching him shoot. I definitely don't trust his shot. Uh, he only like attempted. I've got it here. 120 total threes in college across two years playing a ton. So we didn't really look to shoot threes. Didn't really seem like he was too confident in that. So the shooting's a big question mark as well. And like we were talking about earlier, another weakness I have for him is he kind of plays out of control a little bit. Um, 
<laughs> it honestly does seem like he's going to fall over a lot when he's running full speed. Um, it, it's a weird observation, I'm telling you, but it just kind of was something I noticed watching his film. He also needs to get stronger. He's got a really wiry frame right now and you know, just needs a little more polish to his game. But, you know, if you're looking for a role player who can definitely help you in an area where you're really weak right now, Dale and Terry could be your guy. He can't. He can't run. He can't shoot. I like it. I'm serious. Go, go watch Dale and Terry and tell me if you've seen the same thing. Like he, he's a weird yes. runner. He's he a very a, weird runner. You, the man has heavy feet. They're the they're the heaviest feet I've seen outside of Rudy Gobert. Yeah, it's funny. I see a comment. IRL very. I think it's IRL very upset with us talking about the draft. I mean, guys, the draft is coming up. And, and here's the thing: there's 17 spots on the Nuggets roster. I suspect that the more impact pieces are going to come from trades and free agency, but they are also very likely going to draft someone this year. I mean, they might not, they might end up trading the pick, but the thing about Denver is second rounders late first, they're very cheap. And Denver has to fill out the end of their roster with prospects that can be ready in years to come. So um, there's no, like, I agree with you in spirit. The nuggets are probably going to find the impact players outside of the draft but um, they're also go they, uh, an organization has to accomplish several goals at once, and it's this is part of it. So, and the other um, the other thing they have to accomplish this year is figuring out who they are now. What do you mean? With the new well, there's a new general manager. I mean, we we don't know who the Nuggets are now. I've thought about this every time we've been doing these. I've been like, is that a Conley pick? And now you're like, is that a Calvin Booth pick? We don't know. We have no idea. We don't so know. we have no clue. We, yeah. uh, you, well, I, I think mean, we know gonna, Bones Highland. I mean, that was that was a Tim Conley Con pick. <laughs> yeah, we got to figure out. You guys got to talk to Calvin Booth to figure out if he would have drafted Bones Highland. For, for the record, for the record, talk to Calvin and ignore a lot. This is it's funny, man, because I still get the comments about like now you have no one to talk to in the organization. Only people do. Only people do talk to everyone. Talk talk a lot to these guys. So. That's not a question you usually ask because usually you're not wondering, like, is Tim Conley on his way out the door? Like, hey, are you? It would be a weird question to ask three weeks ago. That would have been a really strange question. But, you know, now certainly what you start to get a little bit, uh, 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 you know, a sense of what a guy wants to do. So, all right, tell me, give me a superlative for him, Harrison. I think he could definitely be, like, one of the best defenders in the draft for sure. Definitely. I mean, if you're looking for wing defenders, he's one of the guys that's probably going to be at the top of your list or, or near the top of your list. Just from a defensive standpoint, I feel like he projects with his frame, with how hard he plays as one of the draft's best defenders. I think he, it, from again, I haven't done a very thorough scout on him, but he does sound to me just from a, where he's going to be drafted, likely late first or second round, but also the skill sets you're talking about. He seems to have real bust potential. Like he might be a guy that just doesn't have enough basketball skills for the upside to matter. Does that seem fair, Harrison? Yeah, for sure. He could definitely have bust potential. Absolutely. And I mean, I think that's a reason he's being projected as a second rounder. Like he is way below Tari Eason, obviously. And Tari Eason is, there are some aspects of Tari Eason that are similar to Dale and Terry and some that aren't at all. Like Dale and Terry, much more versatile just as an offensive player, I think, than Tari Eason is. But him and Jalen Williams, Tari Eason and Jalen Williams, they are way above the type of prospect that that this guy is. Yeah. 
Yeah, sounds about right. Anything else? I mean, any other of these topics we should hit before we get out? I, I just think he's an intriguing name to watch with Denver, particularly when you're talking about like his potential fit with Nikola Jokic in this roster, because he is going to be a role player in the NBA. You know, you look at a lot at a lot of these guys, even Eason or Jalen Williams, and you're like, yeah, maybe these guys see themselves as a number one, a number two, a number three guy. I don't think Dale and Terry is going to see himself like that at all. I think he's going to come into the league trying to be a role player. And, you know, if you're Denver, that can, that could be pretty appealing to you. I think. Interesting. That's interesting. D-line, any final thoughts on Dalen, Dalen Terry? I mean, just like I said, I, I, this is a guy I would not be interested in. Like I, I, I think that I can see off your some... board completely. Off he's your off. board. My, I yeah. mean, like your board, your board at the end of the day is one guy, two guys tops. Like this, if we ended up with this guy, <laughs> well, I, mean, I love D line's draft. Me too, man. D line is the best drafter ever. Two, two players. Call, yeah, well, you you end up with like two players that come out out of the draft process. It's like if one of them was Dale and Terry, I'd be like, all right, well, <laughs> I don't know what we're gonna do with this, but then, fine, whatever. Um, so. Let's look at some more prospects, yeah. shall we, fellas? Into the Dale Terry, I definitely don't think he's the guy you're taking at 21. Definitely no. do not think so. Um, he is a trade back guy for sure. Probably top of the second round. Yeah. All righty. Well, that does it. Uh, that wraps it up then for Dalen. Uh, I keep wanting to call him Dalen Morton Tucker. <laughs> it's funny because we were talking about before we started the show yesterday how every basketball player in 10 years is just going to be named Jalen. <laughs> Everybody in the NBA is going to be named Jalen. Oh my God, years. you're right. It's and this Asian, is just Dalen. This is the this is the uh, the African American version of Aiden, Jaden, Spaden, Bladen, Braden. And then uh, there's Taylor Horton. Jalen, Let's go. Yeah. I love it. Uh, that does it for today, guys. The press conference with Tim Conley got pushed back to tomorrow. So we will be tomorrow. Josh or Josh Cronky, what did I say? Stan? Yeah, definitely not Stan. Uh, Josh, should Cronky, I should I share my my story from how I was going to attend the Josh Cronky oh, press go ahead. conference? Fill it, fill it as we get out okay. of here. Okay. So I'm. This is not my normal background. Obviously, I'm in California right now. My wedding is this weekend, as listeners of the show probably know. Um, I was going to fly back for this Josh Cronky press conference. This is how committed I am to the to this so company committed, covering man. the so Nuggets. Committed. I was going to fly back and pay my own way even uh, to be in Denver for 24 hours for this Josh Kroenke press conference that was scheduled for today, uh, but got moved to Thursday. I was sitting at the gate probably five minutes from boarding my plane when I saw the email that it was getting pushed <laughs> back a day to Thursday. We're off to I was five start. minutes from getting on that plane and going to Denver for no reason. Um, but I didn't, and I'm still in California, and I will not be attending the Josh Kroenke presser on Thursday because <laughs> I've got people coming committed. into town. I've got people coming into town, and I can't swing it. I could have swung it today. I could not swing it. I thought you were committed. Thursday. I thought you were committed. I'm disgusted. I'm so disgusted as well. Um, should be interesting. Obviously, we'll form tomorrow's show. I can't wait to hear what he has to say. So we'll be back with that. Hit that like button on the way out. See you tomorrow, guys. Let's go.